0: up everything the 2019 trade deadline has come and gone and we have some questions that need answering does mark stone enjoy gambling are the columbus blue jackets really cup contenders now how many senators fans walked into oncoming traffic this afternoon all those questions will be addressed and more in our trade deadline bonus bonanza episode so let's get started in exchange for future considerations Welcome back, everyone. Welcome to the Two Guys No Cup Podcast. It is Monday. Monday. That's very rare for us. It is February 25th, and we are about three hours. Good Lord, have we waste that much time mm-hmm. removed from the NHL trade deadline? Uh, what a day it's been. Not for the Blues, of course. Mm-mm. Oh, no, no, not for the Blues, although we'll talk about them. Uh, but for many teams around the league making major moves today uh we will talk about all of them how are you doing today ian before we get started i'm exhausted and i should clarify that your last name is not before we get started i was just splitting my infinitive (laughs) there i know some people were worried
1: don't write that down at home folks (laughs) on your bingo
0: card why are you exhausted from the wariness of deadline day or from the yeah. lack of sleep you get thanks to your overwhelming heroin addiction
1: <laughs> <laughs> a little bit of column a a little bit of column b <laughs> uh this is just a lot of trades i thought for like towards the end of the deadline for once normally there's like yeah, maybe if... two or three but this is like i don't know six or seven
0: would have been nice that they could have spread them out a little bit mm. but no surrey bob um Yeah, so our plan is to go through each division, finishing with the Blues and the Central Division. Those of you who um, love our Blues-only content may be a little disappointed today because there's not that much to talk about, but that's why it's a bonus episode. Uh, We will do an extended discussion about the blues and not just say they acquired Michael Delzato next. (laughs) Um, But that will be at the end of the episode, so if that's all you want to hear, you can skip forward. But don't do it, because we get to get started with the Carolina Hurricanes, the ever-exciting Carolina Hurricanes, that good old Mm -hmm. bunch of jerks, take warning and all that. And uh, the storm surge has washed ashore a new forward in the form of Thomas Jerko from the Florida Panthers. What a player he's sure to be. <laughs> Exciting. Um, the Yeah, the Hurricanes traded Cliff Pooh to the Florida Panthers for future condi- considerations, and then they simultaneously tr- acquired Thomas Jerko for future considerations. So what I don't understand is... Is Cliff Pooh and or Thomas Jerko the future consideration, or are there other future considerations in each of these deals? Ian, you're our insider with seven R's. Suck on that, Mike Commodore. So why don't you tell us?
1: <laughs> I wonder if future considerations, they don't have whether they're third round or fourth round future considerations, so maybe they accidentally traded away uh, the same future considerations in both of these. <laughs>
0: It could be. Maybe mm-hmm. the maybe the Panthers have to dream up the idea for five of the Storm Surge celebrations, and that's their future consideration. Mm-hmm. And then what would the Hurricanes have to do? I l- like, let the Panthers win a game? Mm-hmm. Just once, just to see what it feels like. How is, I
1: don't know. I have not looked into future considerations very deeply. I just feel like that's BS. I
0: feel like it was used a lot more today than most mm-hmm. times, but... Yeah, it's just a bizarre. I mean, it means nothing. It means like maybe you'll slide us a thousand dollars or something like. that. not
1: that true? They can actually just pay them money, or yeah, they, at least they used to. I believe so. Like,
0: here's five thousand bucks. I don't know. Okay, bye. I think that is the case. So the Hurricanes are currently last, the last team in the playoffs. I should say in the. <laughs> Eastern Conference with 72 points. They're tied with the Pittsburgh Penguins, but do have a tiebreaker. And they have Michael Furland, who was a hotly pursued commodity at the deadline, uh, but they decided not to trade him. Ian, what do you think about the Hurricanes more or less standing pat and not making any major additions or subtractions?
1: Um, with regards to Michael Furland, we talked about on the last episode that the people that were interested in Michael Furland were actually one of their big suitors were uh, the Pittsburgh Penguins. Mm -hmm. And so I don't think they wanted to trade Furland within the division, especially to teams that they were competing directly with for those final playoff spots there. So I'm guessing that's why they held on to him. And as we've seen people on Twitter say, oh, this was their trade deadline deal, keeping Michael Furland, because they need him for that push, which sounds lame
0: (laughs) i mean it's fine i guess it's fine for them if the financial value of even making the playoffs Mm -hmm. and playing two home games is that much which it probably is yeah for them it is um there's an argument there i guess i don't think you were probably getting you know two first round picks or a pick Mm -hmm. and a great prospect for michael ferland but um yeah it's interesting i think the hurricanes probably missed the playoffs i think the penguins pretty much probably take that last spot but in the east it is eight of those nine teams getting through yeah because the drop off after the penguins is pretty steep and so they've got as good a chance as just about anybody i guess uh in terms of just being able to hold on and keep that spot so i can't really fault them for staying where they are i guess Mm -hmm. um but yeah, I mean, it's it's not not a busy day for the Hurricanes. It was a busy day, a busy week, a busy year for the Columbus <laughs> Blue Jackets, who um, I think subverted everyone's expectations. I think a lot of people expected the Blue Jackets to be a big player at the deadline because they had um, Artemi Panarin and Sergei Bobrovsky as pending free agents, and they... Uh, presumably, we're going to probably trade those guys for assets at the deadline. Instead, the Blue Jackets decided that they should um, load up. Mm-hmm. And load up they did by acquiring a haul of players from every corner of the globe. Uh, the big trade, the first trade they made, uh, was acquiring Matt Duchesne and Julius Bergman for what it's worth from the Ottawa Senators for forwards. Uh, prospects Vitaly Abramoff and Jonathan Davidson, who were ranked third and sixth in their organization by Corey Pronman at the Athletic. Uh, they also surrendered a 2019 first round pick and a conditional 2020 first round pick if Duchesne resigns with Columbus. Uh, Duchesne, of course, nobody needs us to tell them that he's a very good player. He has 28 goals and 32 assists and 60 points in fifty-two games this year and wins face-off at a 55th 55% clip. Bergman was a forty th- 46th pick in 2014. He was traded in the Carlson deal and we'll be hearing his name again very shortly. Um what do you think about the Blue Jackets trade for Duchesne from their perspective? we will obviously cover the Ottawa side when we get to him. But what do you think about it for the Blue Jackets specifically?
1: I think it's a really good get. I think it's even better if they can re-sign him. And they talked to him during today on trade deadline coverage, and he sounded like it necess- wasn't necessarily out of the realm of possibility. Mm-hmm. I know he kind of talked about doing his due diligence and figuring out if it's an organization he wants to stay at. But I think they have a good shot of signing him when they... Do eventually lose Artemi Panarin and guys like that. So I think it's a good game. They have the, an
0: enormous amount of ca- mm-hmm. cap space after this season. He's their like number one. Years, so. He's
1: their number one center immediately. Mm-hmm. He is going to help on their power play. He's a great possession player. Uh, super speedy. I. It's a good. It's a good trade, and I think what they gave up wasn't anything insane. I think it was worth. I think Ottawa got something better for him than what they ended up giving up. Mm-hmm. to get him.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think that's fair. Um, they ended up also acquiring, later in the day, Ryan Dezingle, his former and future teammate, <laughs> uh, from the Ottawa Senators in a separate trade, uh, though Dzingel got to fly back on Duchesne's charter back to Columbus, so good for him. Very them. fancy. It was adorable. The Instagram picture, if you haven't seen it, go check it out. Super great. Um, but. They uh, gave up Anthony Duquer, a forward um, who's been there, obviously, since he came over from, was it Arizona or Chicago? Yeah, he's been around a little bit. It was Anyway, you, you have all heard of Anthony Duquer. and they gave up a 2020 second-round pick and a 2021 second-round pick. Dezingle has 22 goals, 22 assists, and 57 games this year, and is also a pending UFA. Thoughts on Dezingle?
1: I didn't know that this guy was a 20-goal scorer. I think he had more than 20 last year, and I think the season before that he got pretty close. Mm-hmm. I also thought he was a lot older than he was. I thought he was like a 33-year-old grinder. So I actually was really hoping that the Blues, after I learned you about also that...
0: thought he was some sort of weird checker. Oh,
1: yeah. I mean, he just I guess I didn't see that his first name was Ryan, but Zingle did not strike me <laughs> as a guy from <laughs> Illinois. Yeah. Yeah, I was hoping the Blues would actually take a flyer on them, and they probably did, but I'm guessing from that, let's see, what is it, Duclair and then two other picks, that's probably like a little more than they were willing to pay for someone that might end up just being a rental. But it's good for them. I mean, it's more scoring depth, and they need it, because really, I haven't looked at the Blue Jackets very closely, but was it just Panarin and nobody else? I mm. mean, a little bit of committee, but it, he's kind of your guy. I mean,
0: they've got Atkinson and Dubois and yeah. some folks, but yeah, nobody top end really. i think
1: they have some i think they've have filled in the gaps in terms of like the talent level they're filling in the hole that was panarin and then everybody
0: else sort of mm-hmm. yeah i agree um yeah i mean he's just good scoring depth he's a good player to have does feel a little steep giving up two seconds to yeah. get him but maybe they can re-sign do? him i don't know uh, maybe yeah um, they acquired Keith Kincaid. The Blue Jackets did the early, early this morning, breaking the seal on deadline day officially uh, from the New Jersey Devils. He was, of course, the goalie that the Blues shelled when we played the Devils a few weeks ago. Uh, they gave up a twenty twenty two first round or fifth round pick, <sighs> excuse me, uh, for Kincaid's services. That is as late a pick as. I have ever seen traded Mm -hmm. four years, four drafts from now, fifth round.
1: Is that kid currently like
0: 14? Yeah, 13, 14. Um, so, Kincaid's been dreadful this year. The Everybody on the Devils have been dreadful this year. 15, 18, and 6 with a 336 goals against average and an 891 save percentage. Obviously, the Devils aren't going to re sign him when they already have Corey Schneider being heavily overpaid and Mackenzie Blackwood, their uh, up and coming goalie prospect, has been the only bright spot for them this season. So, they move Kincaid for basically nothing. Um, any thoughts on this? Um, I don't know. I, I just kind of assumed that this
1: meant Bobrovsky was going somewhere. I mean, I know Kincaid's not really a replacement by any means, but it just seemed like they were loading up and going to have Kincaid and who's their other one? Saros? Korpisala. Or Karposala. Sorry, I get those two mixed Wrong up all the
0: time. J-something name <laughs> yeah. backup goaltender.
1: So I assume they're just going to platoon those two guys or really just have Karposala take the starting role after they move Bobrovsky, but I guess not, so... I'm guessing Kincaid just sits in the AHL.
0: I guess for the or maybe time being send down Corpusella, and oh, they've been true. unhappy with him. I don't know why Kincaid would be your answer if that was mm. something you were unhappy yeah. with, but I guess Kincaid did play in the playoffs last year or something, so he's got a little experience. That's true. Um <clears throat> yeah, I agree that I thought it meant bye-bye for Bobo, but it did not mean anything of the sort, so good for them. And then they wrapped up their deadline activities by acquiring defenseman Adam McQuaid from the New York Rangers in exchange for a 2019 fourth-round pick and a 2019 seventh-round pick. He's a 6'4", 210-pound right-handed shot Uh Physical defenseman, grit. thoughts on Adam McQuaid.
1: Nothing but grit. And truculence. Oh, so much truculence. <laughs> truculence out the trunk. Um, there seemed to be so many suitors for Adam McQuaid. Uh-huh. Was he, uh, he was on a, the Bruins team for a long time. Was he on the team that won the cup? I don't remember.
0: Maybe? I will look it up.
1: But it seemed look like
0: it a weird look guy
1: to really be targeting for all this. I don't know seemed older. I get he's gritty, but like, has the game passed him by? They talked an awful lot, and we'll get to it about uh, Erica Branson getting moved today, and a lot of the different commentators are saying how the game has passed Erica Branson by. His type of defense no longer works in the NHL, and I'm pretty sure that's what Adam McQuaid has too. Is slow and gritty and hits hard. And they, everyone was really high on Adam McQuaid, though, but they weren't so high on Erica Branson. So I'm not entirely sure. I'm sure I'm missing something, but they seemed like the same person to me. But one was talked about with reverence, and the other one, not so much.
0: <laughs> he was on the cup-winning team in 2011. There
1: you go. Answered um, right there. He had won a cup, automatic stock. His first risen. NHL
0: goal was a game-winner against Yero, Salah, Yero Halak, and Pierre Maguire once described him as one tough hombre. There you he go. Hails from Prince Edward Island, and he's thirty two years old. Um. So, yeah. I. I mean,
1: it's good to have for the playoffs when he gets a little more physical. I just thought it was kind of weird how much people were like, "Ooh, Adam McQuaid's on the market." I'm like, I don't care.
0: Yeah. Yeah. It's it's strange. It. It feels like there's always one guy that. Um, <clears throat> you feel like. You somehow gets a lot of deadline mm-hmm. value and just isn't worth it <laughs> yeah whatever that's no business of mine to decide um how many picks how many draft picks do you think the columbus Blue Jackets have for next season um four four would be Two more than they have. They only have two. They have a third round pick, their own third round mm-hmm. pick, and the Calgary Flames' seventh round pick. Wow, they, <laughs> they went all all their all in. first round in this trade in the trade for Duchesne. Their second round um, was traded on June twenty first, two thousand seven, teen for um, somebody. For David Quarks, oh, that's the trade they gave up for the um, Knights to take the David Quarks in contract. They traded. They have their third round pick. They traded their fourth today for I don't even remember who that was for. They traded their fifth last June, and they traded their sixth last July. So they have two picks. So I would not have wanted my team to manage the deadline like the Blue Jackets managed the deadline this year. To me, it strikes me as a, we have to get out of the first round for the first time ever move because we just have to. Mm. And it's like, okay, good for you. And that'll be a quick financial boost. It won't be good when you don't have a team in three years. Mm. And so they've got a lot riding on Duchesne resigning and possibly Dezingle re-signing. Obviously Panarin's gone. Obviously Bobrovsky's gone. You didn't recoup assets for either of those guys. So if they get bounced in the first round, Woof. or God forbid don't even make the playoffs, you got to fire everybody. I mean, you've got to fire everybody <laughs> yeah, and just you, start over. you got to fire Kikolainen for Jarmo sure. and JD have to be gone, and so does Torts, and you just have to start anew. Now... Maybe they can make a deep run, but I'm really not convinced that they have, even with all of this, that they really have the pieces to make a real serious cup run. I
1: could see them get in the first round for sure. They could, for sure. After that crapshoot for me.
0: Yeah, and right now they're slated to face the um, Capitals, it would look like, in the first round, so that's going to be tough. I mean, they did almost have them beat last year, Mm -hmm. uh, but it is almost, and... They could very easily fall to the last wildcard spot and end up facing the Toronto or the um, Tampa Bay Lightning in that spot and just be screwed. So, a big lot of risk here. Uh, We'll see if it pays off. We'll obviously talk about that when the playoffs come around. New Jersey Devils made a couple moves. They traded Ben Lovejoy to the Dallas Stars in exchange for Connor Carrick and 2019 third round pick feels like an overpay on the star's behalf on the star's part whatever you want to say thoughts on that any thoughts on ben lovejoy the reverend as he's called (laughs) after the uh simpsons character
1: zero he's just an old defenseman
0: yep i think he's a forward actually is he really i didn't know either until i looked it up later um but yeah he uh I believe, is a forward, and I think they got a really good return for an aging forward. Uh, We'll talk about him when we get to the Dallas Stars. Obviously, the Kincaid trade we just talked about, if it's a backup goalie that you're letting walk and you already have a replacement in-house, I guess you get to save a little money and recoup a very distant fifth round pick, so good for them. And then they traded right after the deadline, right at the wire, Marcus Johansson to the Boston Bruins in exchange for a twenty nineteen second round pick and a twenty twenty fourth round pick. A lot of blues fans turned to Johansson as the guy they wanted to add, um, after the uh Dezingle trade went through uh 2019 second and 2024th, would you have given that up for Joe Hanson if you were Doug Armstrong?
1: Mm, I don't know what his contract does. If he's got more time on his contract, maybe.
0: I believe he's a UFA, but let's look it up. I'm uh, not totally sold on him.
1: You know what? Knowing what we know, because... We'll talk about if we don't have a first this year, we don't have a fourth, and Uh we don't have a sixth anymore.
0: Yeah, he's a UFA after this If we had
1: to give up a second and, let's say, a fifth because we don't have our fourth, then we're down to two draft picks Mm. and it was just for Marcus Johansson, nah. Yeah, I kind of
0: agree. I don't think that would have been a great fit for us. Boston gets the forward depth it needs. We'll talk about them more later. Decent return, I think, for the Devils, a team that... uh, maybe isn't a surprise disappointment this year, but definitely has fallen off considerably from last season. Mm -hmm. Uh, Gets a a few nice picks in exchange for um, a couple of players that they weren't going to use anyway. Mm -hmm. Uh, The New York Islanders who currently uh, sit atop that division, I believe still. Uh, Yeah. They lead the metropolitan division by two points over the Capitals make no moves. Is Lou Lamorello not a believer in his team, which is, Clearly very great, even though none of the analytics suggest that it's very good at all.
1: Um, I think he They he talked about sticking to a plan, and maybe that's where his head's at. Which is at. what
0: you always say yeah. when you think you're serious, Cupkin. Of course. We
1: go, oh, we got a plan, don't worry about it, everyone. But we can't tell you our plan, so it's a nice little black box that no one gets to question. Mm. I think you still, I think, I don't know. I don't know what the Islanders are. I don't think they should have been this good. So I don't know if you can tinker with them knowing that maybe next year it falls apart. Mm. So I, I think it was smart of them to just stay pat, although I think it would have been a lot of fun if they went out and got someone like Artemi Panarin or like uh, another big scorer for them, even a Mike Hoffman or somebody from Florida, just to have like that extra scoring depth, even though they don't really need it. They score by bunches, but that'd just make them that much more deadly and fun to watch. Mm-hmm. Yeah, agreed.
0: Um New York Rangers did a lot of little moves. Well, not even little, really. They traded Matt Zuccarello to the Dallas Stars in exchange for a conditional 2019 second-round pick and a conditional 2020 third-round pick. The 2019 second-round pick will become a first if the Stars reach the Western Conference Finals. Nope. And the 2023rd becomes a first if Matt Zuccarello decides to re-sign with the Stars. Nope. Um, I mean, <laughs> here's the thing. You're probably right, but... What a deal for the Rangers! Mm-hmm. If either of those conditions oh, come yeah. true, much less both of them. Um, and even if they don't, I don't. I, I second two, and the third's a decent return. Two for,
1: firsts, if you if both of those Zuccarello, happen, yeah. holy crap! Yeah.
0: Um, obviously, we'll talk about the Zuccarello side in a in a minute. Um, he's not going to play for the next month, so not great for the Stars. But actually. Neither of these conditions hinge on whether yeah. or not he contributes in any way So if the stars somehow back asswards their way to a cup or a Western Conference final And then he decides to resign they're still in the gold. Um, if I was a
1: GM. I'd put so many conditions on things Yeah, I'd be the asshole GM that's yeah. conditions this conditions that Everything. why day. not
0: I mean if you can convince somebody to take it why yeah. not just put there the a odds a little in your favor like you don't I don't think um Crap, what's his name? The guy, the GM in New York, whose name escapes oh, me. They never talk Jim about their GM. Or John or something. Rogers? So anyway. Um, they always
1: talk about their owner for some reason. Yeah. Or Sather, the mm. president. I forget what he is.
0: Any, in any case, I don't think that that front office realistically believes the Stars are getting to the Western Conference Final. Mm-mm. But On the off chance they do. Why not? And yeah. it wasn't even Stanley Cup Final. They even got it around <laughs> down. So good for them. Uh, decent return. They also traded Kevin Hayes to the Winnipeg Jets in exchange for forward Brendan Lemieux, a 2019 first-round pick and a conditional 2022 fourth-round pick. Again, your conditional uh your conditional brain will like that that 2024 2022 fourth-round pick is based on the condition that the Jets win the Cup. So if the Jets win the Stanley Cup even if Kevin Hayes doesn't play in the Stanley Cup, the Rangers get an additional fourth round pick mm-hmm. four years from now. So again, like if they're willing to throw that in, what's the harm to you? You know? Man.
1: And they get a first <laughs> from that and those other two from Zucarello, if not if the conditions aren't met are still a second.
0: Uh huh.
1: And then a third in the next year. They're l I like them loading up on these picks. Yeah.
0: And I love the idea by the way, I just I would love to know how the negotiation happens for that conditional pick. Yeah. I like let's say you win the cup, Kevin. Pop is going to need a little more, just a little <laughs> bit more. Come on, Kevin like... Hayes
1: will be integral to that. I want a little, I want a cut of that Kevin Hayes. Double day
0: off, Hayes. You both got the first name. You know, I need the money. <laughs> Um, that's probably exactly how it went down. Mm -hmm. Uh, Lemieux (laughs) is almost 23 and he has 11 points and a plus 10 in 44 games this season. Nothing like his father. He's a disappointment to the whole family. Um, but he's a pretty good grunt. Oh, he is, he he is related. Player. Yeah. I think his father's son, but, um, I mean, I think he's kind of your presence guy and your physical guy. Yeah. Nothing wrong with that. I don't think it's a real great prospect they got back or anything. But, hey, there's a Lemieux in New York, so good for Neat. <laughs> Um And finally, we talked about the Adam McQuaid deal. They just got a fourth-round pick and a seventh-round pick for a, a big defenseman rental. Fine. Nobody cares. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> I mean, it's still nice to get picks, you know, yeah. if you're not going to use them if you're not competing. If I was, if I knew I wasn't in the playoffs, I'd trade every UFA that I didn't think I was a hundred percent gonna reassign, You mm-hmm. know, get anything for him. Speaking of UFAs that you're not going to resign, the Washington Capitals acquired defenseman Nick Jensen from the Detroit Red Wings, uh, along with a fifth-round pick from next year, from this upcoming draft in 2019. In exchange for Madison Bowie and a 2020 second-round pick, Jensen got a lot of talk leading up to the deadline as an underrated possession and transition defenseman. Uh, and I think this is even... Despite that, really good value for the Red Wings to get Bowie, who is a twenty-three-year-old wild card reclamation prospect and um and um a second-round pick, but the Capitals get Jensen, whom they immediately extend on a four-year, ten million-dollar contract. So I think it's a good deal for them. Any thoughts? Um,
1: not really. I don't know. I I didn't know.
0: You're allowed to have no thoughts on Nick Jensen.
1: I didn't know who Nick Jensen was. And you and, still don't. Until they started talking about him all the time. Like, oh, he's a he's a really good defenseman. He'll garner some, some uh, attention at the trade deadline. I was like, okay, who's that?
0: <laughs> and I had to look it up. So I'm sorry. Ill-prepared right. for Nick Jensen. <laughs> uh, they also got Carl Hagwin on Thursday, the Washington Capitals' defending their Stanley Cup run Mm -hmm. will be very successful, not successful, or somewhat successful.
1: Um somewhat in that they make it out of the first round, but not successful in that they're not they're not going back to the finals. That was a they were very convincing last year. They didn't like luck into anything. I Mm -hmm. mean that post that whoever hit in the Columbus game game three or four They lucked into that. That was a luck, yeah. But after that, they didn't luck in anything. They really earned it. But uh, having said that, I do think they lucked into that, and they will never go back. (laughs) Fair. That's pretty fair.
0: Uh, Let's move on to the Atlantic Division.
1: Did we miss two on there, Pittsburgh and Philadelphia?
0: Did I miss two in the Metropolitan Division? Yes, I sure did. Um, Good on me. Great work, Stephen. You're very... Keeping it high and tight.
1: Only because I was thinking of Philadelphia and the Wayne Simmons trade. Mm-hmm.
0: Uh, yeah, so Philadelphia trades Wayne Simmons at the last minute to the Nashville Predators for, a, I believe, a fourth-round pick in 2020. Conditional twenty
1: twenty fourth round pick,
0: yeah. And a uh, player, Ryan Hartman, yeah. who uh, went from... Chicago to Nashville at the price of a first rounder mm-hmm. last year, mm-hmm. uh, which was too much to pay then, and now is moving <laughs> they to do Philadelphia. Not do that now. Um, for Wayne Simmons, we can talk about the the Nashville side of this, which I did write down later. Um, but weird move for Philadelphia, mm-hmm. real weird. I mean,
1: they talked about they Ryan did... Hartman being like a a Philly player, like, and I was like, I don't ever remember that guy being. A tough dude to play against. That's what they're talking about when they say that. They're like, oh, he's like a gritty dude. I don't think so. Uh, maybe, but like... Grit Not that I've doesn't noticed. doesn't
0: actually have value.
1: Oh, like, they, I these old people will tell
0: you it does. But... I know, but that's why Chuck Fletcher <laughs> shouldn't be allowed to run your NHL team in 2019. Oh, what a bad... What a bad like, decision. They, here's the thing. Grit has value in a player like Wayne Simmons, for example, yeah. who's also a good hockey player. A uh, uh, Tom Wilson forgive me but that kind of you know who whomever brad marsh and whoever you want to talk about if they're good hockey players on top then grit has value but a guy Mm -hmm. who's just gritty in his own right that's gone the way of the dodo bird it's just not valuable in the nhl anymore and it's just weird and hartman's not even that young is he
1: um, I think he might be like his mid twenties at this point. Yeah, but I can't he's not remember. like twenty
0: two or anything. No, no, I not... don't
1: think so. Um, sometimes I swing and miss on the ages though. So. Twenty four. So
0: yeah, mid twenties. Be... Yeah, but I just don't know. But he is
1: what he is, and he's been moved around. You know, I mm-hmm. know sometimes a guy can strike, you know, lightning or fire or whatever you want to call it, strike gold, uh, in their like second team. Uh huh. But sometimes if you're not. A guy that's being traded, and you're like, "Oh, it's Artemi Panarin. He's getting moved around because like he's a huge player with like crazy, I would say, upside. You already know what he has—just crazy production value. When you're a guy that's not producing, you get moved around a lot. You're like, "Oh, he's not like hitting the mark anymore. Mm-hmm. He's not an NHL player. He's a body. He can be used, but like he's not like he's not first round or uh, first round pick worthy.
0: Yeah." Yeah, I just, Which I think
1: is what he was, mm-hmm. and then he was also what he was traded for to go to Nashville. Yeah, it's, it's a weird player and a weird move for them.
0: I just, my guess is they had much better offers for Wayne Simmons earlier in the day, mm-hmm. and they were trying to brinksmanship their way to getting the best possible offer at the deadline. And then some of those teams, maybe it was Vegas going to Mark Stone, maybe it was whomever, doing whatever, but some of those t- teams fell out of it, and it became, well, we have to get something, and so right at the deadline, they got what they could from Nashville, and it just, it's not good, mm-hmm. it's just not good, um, yeah, so thank you for reminding me in Pittsburgh, uh, they got the Good Branson end of the oh. Good Branson deal, which we'll talk about later, it is bad um well yeah did I they mean, do any other deals that i'm uh, forgetting about? they
1: got chris weidman from the florida panthers in exchange for forward john Sheba- sebastian De, <laughs> dea yeah the good branson thing john
0: were... sebastian drug enforcement Agent.
1: <laughs> the good branson thing weird for them i've i didn't like when they signed or traded for whatever the hell they did for jack johnson mm-hmm. like he's not a good defender and Branson's like an okay defender, but like, again, he is Adam McQuaid, only people, only the version of Adam McQuaid that people don't like uh-huh. the same thing, but they just don't like him. And I like, I, I don't know. Vancouver did a great job in the sense that I know fans in Vancouver did not like Eric Goodbranson mm-hmm. and Tanner Pearson, even if it's just some forward guy, you know, he was okay in LA when he was there. Is way better for that fan base than Erica Branson was. They just signed Erica Branson to like an extension or a new contract this past summer, I think, for like three million a year for the next four years or something mm-hmm. like that. Way too much yeah, for that that's dude. Not
0: good. We'll talk. I do have the numbers lower. Okay. Really lower, so we can talk about that. Um, yeah, so now we can move on to the metropolitan division. Atlantic. Is that correct, Atlantic division? <laughs> I'm all screwed up, people. I'm, I'm, I'm dying. <laughs> and that's my. That's, that's how we're gonna break it to you.
1: <laughs> <laughs> There's no easy way to break. Death to the family.
0: (laughs) No, there's not. Um,
1: (laughs) Moving on. Experts
0: have learned to just pull the Band-Aid off. (laughs) And the Boston Bruins pulled the Band-Aid off of acquiring Charlie Coyle by acquiring (laughs) him for the price of Ryan Donato in a 2019 conditional fifth-round pick. Uh, The Blues got the ass end of both sides of this deal this week, as Mm -hmm. we'll talk about more on Thursday. Uh, But Charlie Coyle returns to his native Boston. He probably (laughs) says it just like that. Ryan Donato in a fifth-round pick for a player that I believe has one more year on his deal. Mm -hmm. Uh, For a pretty good player, what are your thoughts on this deal for the Boston side only?
1: Uh, I like Charlie Coyle. It's a guy (laughs) that's going to be able to play up and down your lineup. I think he plays center. I'd probably play center and wing. Mm-hmm. And while they've had pasta out for a little bit there, I think he fills in, maybe not exactly in his role, but is able to fill in the gap. That is everyone moving up to fill in the pasta gap. So I Charlie like what they Cole, have.
0: the next David Pasternak. You yeah. heard it right here
1: yep. first, folks. 100%. 50
0: wow. goals. Oh, that was the end of your sentence. Yeah. Okay. Um, <laughs> <laughs> wow, that's a weird way to end the sentence. <laughs> uh, yeah, I mean, I think good deal for them. Didn't have to give up DeBruess. Didn't have to give up Trent Frederick, your superstar. Um, mm-hmm. Donato's was a good player, got, got the Olympic bump. Maybe he's from Minnesota because he's American and he's a hockey player, so there's like a 50-50 shot. Yeah, flip so, a coin. Um, we'll talk about him more on the uh, Minnesota end, but a decent little pickup for the Bruins. And then we already talked about the Johansson deal. Uh, Johansson is, you know, a decent... He's pretty much the def- definition of supplemental scoring. Mm-hmm.
1: <laughs> I think he's generally a twenty goal scorer. So yeah, that's someone that you can put on your power play or the second unit and fills as, in on your third or second line. Yeah,
0: twelve goals, fifteen assists this year. He was injured a lot last year, uh, but before that he had twenty four goals, seventeen goals, twenty goals. So yeah, I mean he's a he's a he's a, a supplemental scorer. <laughs> yeah. He's as supplemental scorey as they come. Uh, and they gave up a second and a fourth for that, so nothing too terrible. Buffalo Sabres made a surprising move by acquiring Brandon Montour last night on trade deadline eve from the Anaheim Ducks in exchange for defenseman Brendan Goulet and a conditional 2019 first-round pick. The condition is that it will be whichever of the picks between the uh, Sharks' first-round pick and our own first-round pick, the Blues' first-round pick, ends up being higher in the draft, meaning it will be the St. Louis first round pick. <laughs> um, but thoughts on this deal for the uh, Sabers? Our friend Anthony Chandra really likes it.
1: Yeah, well then I like it too. <laughs> uh, what handedness is Brandon? Montour? He is a
0: right-handed defenseman, okay. the same hand as Rasmus Ristolainen. So
1: that's why there were rumors that he was getting shopped around. Although that might have been those
0: were before, but then they certainly didn't go away right mm-hmm. after this.
1: I mean, I, I like the deal. I like Brandon Montour. I'm not entirely sure what the Sabres need him for. Isn't their defense at least the decent?
0: Sabres needed puck-moving defenseman, okay. according to an article I read.
1: According by to?
0: By our other friend, Chad DiAmenesis. Lots of friends in the Sabres fan base. Go check out DieByTheBlade.com. Free plug. That was not paid for. Although perhaps it should have been. Guys, yeah. we're coming to collect. Um, <laughs> Where's my money? Uh, yeah, I mean, I think Montour is a good young defenseman. He's puck moving, um, kind of your prototypical. I mean, I don't want to say prototypical like he's going to be a superstar, but sort of your prototypical modern day defenseman where he's not a sieve defensively, but he's. A good transition game has a really good hero chart, I believe. Um, just he's just a decent right handed defenseman. They have a wealth of defensive prospects, and Goulet was just kind of a pick a name out of a hat. Which one do you want the most? Mm-hmm. I may be pro- mispronouncing that, by the way, but it's hockey, so that's almost guaranteed. I think it's listen, important. I'm reading a lot of names I don't know, and it's the NHL, there's like a 50. Thousand percent chance I get one of them wrong. I think he's Brendan (laughs) (laughs) Guile. I think his theme goes with everything. Mm, sonic Boom. Uh-huh. I gotta close this episode out with the Guile theme now. Yep. Tim and Guile, giving us our outro theme. Um, Definitely not his name, so, <laughs> I mean, maybe. Uh, The first round pick, I mean, it's just a good... Montour's just a good player. I think you didn't overpay for him. You kept it from being your own first round pick, which is obviously and unfortunately going to be the best <laughs> of them once again. So... Buffalo Sabers, their time is coming. They're going to be a really good team here pretty soon. Um, <laughs> when you
1: said their time is coming, I thought it like like the reapers coming. The time
0: for the reaper is coming. <laughs> yeah. uh, they did trade another defenseman, Nathan Bowey, to the Winnipeg Jets in exchange for a 2019 sixth round pick. Um, thought they might have gotten more for Bowey, who was supposedly on the move for a long time. But this was one of those kind of right under the wire uh, pick. One right under the wire trades. Uh, any thoughts on Nathan Beaulieu? I know you've got lots of thoughts on Nathan Beaulieu. He's a left-handed shot and 26 years old. Uh, was he ever on the Canadians? He was for a long time. Okay, that's all I know. He once had 24 assists in 74 games. He was a minus 19 last year and he's played 30 games. Um,
1: Good for Winnipeg. Stocking I gotta up. say,
0: just on the surface I don't know a ton, but kinda would have rather give up a six-round pick for Bowieu than Delzato when we get down there, but who knows? I mean Who's to say? It's a seventh defenseman, so who cares? Um moving on to the Detroit Red Wings, the Detroit Red Wings had a wealth of things that they could have done, a number of veterans that they could have traded to recap assets and admit that they're rebuilding, and so of course they did none of it. <laughs> now they actually did more than usual by acquiring Madison Bowie in a second Round pick from the Capitals in exchange for Nick Jensen. We kind of already talked about that. That's about mm-hmm. as good a value as you can get for a third or for a third pairing defenseman, even one that the league is high on. And then they also traded forward Gustav Nyquist, not to be confused with Kentucky Derby winning horse <laughs> Gu- N- Nyquist.
1: No, he's already but, glue.
0: Um, he's already what glue, glue. <laughs> <laughs> Indeed, uh, they traded the. <laughs> biped Gustav Nyquist <laughs> to the San Jose Sharks for a 2019 second-round pick and a conditional 2020 third-round pick. I don't think I looked up what that pick condition was, but mm. you can safely assume <laughs> that it's either he re-signs with the Sharks or they make it to the Stanley Cup final or whatever. The condition is that he's not a horse. <laughs> <laughs> Got him. Not a horse. You Here's hear- your second-round pick. like
1: where the Zamboni comes out. They just hear like some clomping, and all of a sudden it's like... <laughs> A horse with a shark's jersey on. Like what the fuck is this? Like this is Nyquist. This is what you wanted. <laughs> this is your guy. <laughs> <laughs> and then, and he, then he slips and he he's hits on the, the ice. ice and it's just <laughs> Whoa! You've seen it before, folks.
0: (laughs) Yeah, that's what they got. Uh, Nyquist, obviously a good player, having sort of a career year this year. Uh, We can talk about that more when we get down to the Sharks section, but a decent return for a forward who is 29 years old and on an expiring contract fine for the Red Wings. What do you think about them not moving Jimmy Howard or getting rid of any of the god-awful contract that that... (laughs) God-awful GM of theirs, who's won a cup, has signed.
1: Uh, It's interesting. I always thought Detroit would be a team that other teams would bend over backwards to help, much like the Chicago Blackhawks, mm-hmm. just due to their, I don't know, their history, their historic hockey town. But no one seems to. It seems like Detroit has made their bed, and now they must lay in it with these awful contracts. And I'm guessing Jimmy Howard just resigns there. Mm-hmm. How old is he? He's like 35. 34. 34 probably like a two-year deal or something to stay there they
0: didn't make the ceremonial thomas vanek deadline trade
1: oh i know they didn't trade
0: nicholas cromwell which is fine he's 38 what's he gonna get you they're probably gonna give him way too much money to stay another year and do a retirement tour and uh they didn't trade howard and of course they didn't trade franz nielsen at four more years for 5.25 million dollars or justin abdocator at five more years for 4.25 million dollars or darren helm at three more years for 3.85 million dollars
1: yikes yikes oh my god best of luck detroit
0: wow that team did I, oh, did I mention Danny DeKaiser, four more years at five million dollars? You didn't. Or Mike Green two more years at five point three seven five million dollars. Oh, hey. uh, or Jonathan Erickson two more years at four point two five million dollars. Wow,
1: I get it now. <laughs> I think
0: I get why this team blows. Wait, how about Trevor Daly two more years at three point one six million dollars?
1: And they like signed that like last year. Yeah, or, or something. Oh, how yikes. about Jonathan
0: Bergier three more years at three million dollars? Is that their backup? Yep. Yeah. Wow. Okay. What a T. <laughs> Jesus. Uh, let's move on to the Florida Panthers, who did a lot of little shit. Um, they traded uh, with the San Jose Sharks. They acquired forward Vincent Praplan, or Preplan, or Praplin for <laughs> uh, future considerations. They acquired forward... Or they traded forward Thomas Jerko to the Carolina Hurricanes for future considerations. Mm. <clears throat> they acquired forward Cliff Poo from the Carolina Hurricanes in exchange for drum roll, please, <laughs> future considerations. <laughs> uh, and they also uh, traded the aforementioned Jean Sebastian Dia. De- from the <laughs> Pittsburgh Penguins in exchange for defenseman Chris Weidman. They were giving up Chris Weidman and got JSD. And they acquired a 2023 round pick from the Colorado Avalanche in exchange for Derek Broussard and a conditional 2026 round pick. Um, aside from all the future considerations, and by the way, um, the Sabres doing their very level best, or excuse me, the Panthers doing their level best. The Hurricane, doing their level best to remove all the record of the Jeff Skinner deal from their memory banks by trading Cliff Poo, Mm -hmm. whom they acquired in that deal. Uh, But any thoughts on these deals for the Panthers? Hmm. Or, actually, no, because no one should have thoughts on these days. No. Any thoughts on all the stuff they didn't do that they were purportedly doing? Mike Hoffman stays with the Panthers. Mm-hmm. He has a year left on his deal. Uh, Jonathan Huberdo, who was supposedly very available, um, <laughs> sounds he like stays with the Panthers. Sounds like he like, didn't Tinder. show up at like a dinner.
1: Oh, yeah. Oh, it was supposedly he was very, <laughs> very available.
0: <laughs> um... Who else? I mean, obviously they didn't make a move for um, Bobrovsky or Panarin, but Mm -hmm. that always made sense because why give up assets to get him now when you can just sign him as free agents?
1: Yeah. I mean, they traded... What did they do? They traded Bukestad to Pittsburgh to get Broussard, and then they traded Broussard to the Avalanche, and they only got a third-round pick for him. Wasn't there a time last year, <laughs> in which like Derek Broussard was like supposed to be, at least Ottawa was like, we're asking for a first, and then yeah. something, and now he's only worth a third? A 2020 third, not even this year's third. Weird.
0: It's times like these we learn to live again. <laughs> <laughs>
1: it's like, are you going to, qu- okay, all right, and with that, I agree.
0: Um Yeah, I mean, Derek Broussard's fallen on hard times, we can talk about him more when we get to the avalanche. Uh, the Montreal Canadiens made a minor deal acquiring Jordan Wheel from the Panther or from the Coyotes, the Arizona Coyotes, who had been there for about two weeks, in exchange for forward Michael Caput, or as French Canadian d bags like to say, <laughs> Michael Caput, or something like that. Mm. Um, nobody cares. Moving on to the Ottawa Senators, <laughs> the big fish. I have to say, we've given the Senators plenty of shit on this podcast, Mm -hmm. and today is still a tragic day for them in some very real ways, because they traded their three best forwards that aren't, you know, at least their three best experienced forwards. Um, But hats off to them. I think Mm -hmm. they did an amazing job. Uh, Let's talk about it. They, as we mentioned, acquired forward Vitaly Abramoff and forward Jonathan Davidson, both prospects, along with a 2019 first-round pick and a 2020 conditional first-round pick if Matt Duchesne resigns in that uh, Duchesne deal with Columbus. Uh, they acquired forward Anthony Duqueer, a 2020 tw- second-round pick and a 2021 second-round pick from the Columbus Blue Jackets in exchange for Ryan Dezingle. Uh, they acquired forward Brian Givens from the Anaheim Ducks in exchange for defenseman Patrick Seeloff. That's just a minor league Uh, shuffling the deck move, and then in the big trade of the day, uh, which we have not yet got to in any capacity, they acquired defensive prospect Eric Brandstrom, uh, forward Oscar Lindbergh, and a 2020 second-round pick from Dallas. Uh, The pick was from Dallas. They acquired all that from the Vegas Golden Knights in exchange for Mark Stone, Why don't you do me a favor and read the descriptions of Davidson and Air, uh, Air Abramov there from Corey Promann, and I will try to find more on uh, Branstrom, which I was hoping to do before, but failed.
1: All right. So Jonathan Davidson and Vitaly Abramov were both in the trade for Matt Shane and Julius Bergman, but who cares? Uh, Jonathan Davidson is a right winger. He's playing in the Swedish uh, Elite League, I believe it looks like. Uh, Davidson was a favorite oh this is from Corey Proman of the Athletic so he says Davidson was a favorite of mine from back in his early amateur days and has since developed into a solid pro he does a lot of things well Davidson is skilled makes plays and has good speed despite being a smaller player i've seen him over the years be a decent penalty killer and i like his work ethic i think despite offense and st- i think despite offense and skill being his calling card There is reasonable questions if he has the dynamic traits at his size to be a legitimate NHLer. He's trending well and has put himself in the conversation. Any conversation. (laughs) This conversation. Um, That's interesting. I didn't really know all that much about him. I remember hearing his name before, but I think there's another Davidson in the league too, so I think I was probably thinking of that one. And then there's Vitaly Abramov, left winger, playing in the QMJHL, which is an awful league. Just kidding. It's a fine league.
0: Anybody can score in the QMJHL. <laughs> Let's see if he's over a point
1: per game player. I'm sure he is. For the third straight season, Abramov was a top player in the QMJHL, although he didn't give a great world juniors. The former QMJHL MVP has a ton of skill. He makes highly skilled dekes at a fast pace and does so consistently. Abramov is also a quality goal scorer who can score from mid-range and isn't afraid to get to the dirty areas. He's also a top-level playmaker who makes unique plays. His warts are that he's small, not a real speedster, which isn't ideal at his height. He has a decent work ethic and energy level, but his game off the puck will be a major question as he turns pro. And to be fair, that's like almost every like skilled forward that's in junior, especially the QMJHL we've kind of alluded to. In that league, everyone's almost a point-per-game player or more. There's like zero defense over there. I'm not entirely sure why that's the case, but it just seems to be. It's. I think it's still a good get for the Ottawa Senators. They got two good prospects. Sometimes I think it's almost better to get prospects than it is the picks because at least they're already a year or two into development, and you can actually say, here's what we have in this guy. Here's what we need to improve on this specific player, and you just have – a, a little more certainty in that a pick mm-hmm. could be something you really want. I mean, it could be anything, but also it could literally be nothing. Yeah. So I do like that they acquired those two guys in the Duchesne trade.
0: Yeah, I think, I think it's a pretty good haul. I think the, the prospects and the picks, the potential for two first round picks. Makes yeah, sense that too, especially. Haul. Um. So I think that's really great for them. A little up in the air about the stone return, let's talk about Brandstrom who Corey Promin ranked at nineteenth overall in his midseason prospect rankings, uh, and the second Best Vegas prospect behind Cody Glass. Uh province says Brandstrom is one of the better defensemen in the AHL as a teenager and was also great at the World Juniors he's a dynamic skater who can lead a rush and activate off the blue line very well he's also a creative puck mover who can thread passes on the power play and out of his own zone i had mild concerns going into the season about his pure offensive skill level but he's eased those concerns Brandstrom might not be the biggest guy. He's like 5'10", something. Yeah, he's Uh, not very tall. But he defends well because of his feet and hockey sense. He gives him a 65 skating, 65 hockey sense, 55 puck skills, and a 35 physical game. So uh, the return for Stone absolutely hinges all, all, all on Brandstrom. There are some people that think he's a superstar in the making, a next Eric Carlson, if you will. There are others, according to Craig... Craig... Customs who think he is not that big of a deal. Uh, one Western Conference coach said, I think they should have gotten more. An Eastern Conference executive said the return was relatively meager. Uh, one NHL th- scout thought that the Vegas Golden Knights gave up very little. I think Winnipeg gave up as much to get Hayes, and there's no comparison whom the better player is. So it really all depends on what you think about Eric Bronstrom. Is he an elite prospect or is he just an okay to good prospect and we can't really know that until he develops. So obviously the um senators thought it was enough to pull the trigger on the stone deal and uh we can talk about it more from the uh perspective of the knights in a while but it was a huge i mean it's huge giving up that guy. He's the heart and soul of your organization. He was presumably your next captain had he resigned. Um, so that's hard to do. It really just depends on if Bronstrom's a great prospect. Uh, if you're getting his next Eric Carlson in this deal, nobody's going to criticize it five years from now. If you're getting the next Kevin Shattenkirk in this deal, it's not going to go so well. Um Duqueur, or the Duqueur second round pick and second round pick exchange for Dezingo, I also think is really good. Duqueur isn't going to a player to build your future around, but I think he's a decent hand, even though John Tortorella thinks he's shit or whatever <laughs> awful things he said. And the two second round picks are just fine. So I think all things considered, as bad as things have been going for the Senators lately, they had a pretty good day. Uh, any final thoughts on the Senators?
1: Yeah, I would agree. I think they had a good day, even though I really thought they were going to get like, heavily fleeced on some of those guys, although they're going to do nothing or they were going to get fleeced. Yeah. And to have what I would call generally an okay day is pretty good by their standards, for sure.
0: Agreed. Uh, the Tampa Bay Lightning, who are way, 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 ahead in the President's Trophy race, respond to that positioning by doing nothing. So the Rasmus Ristel line of rumors weren't true Uh, The Ragco Gudis rumors weren't true, Uh, everything else wasn't true. They did nothing, and they could probably afford to. The Toronto Maple Leafs did very little today. Obviously, we talked about the Jake Muzzin trade a few weeks ago. You can go back to our podcast then to find out more about that. That was a good trade for them, but uh, he's been in the fold for a while. They did make a minor move acquiring Nick Patan from the Winnipeg Jets in exchange for forward Par Lindholm, and I think they made one move even smaller than that that I don't remember, maybe wrote down later when it happens, but... Um, Maple Leafs gearing up. We've talked about them plenty on the show. I don't want to piss people off anymore, um, but we'll figure out. They need to win this year because things get tricky, and I don't think they're prepared to. Any thoughts on the Maple Leafs?
1: Yeah, I'm. I don't know. They could do a lot in the playoffs and i just don't see it happening
0: they could damage a lot of teams or they could very easily be bounced in the first round mm-hmm. i'm waiting towards the latter let's move on to the only conference that matters the western conference <laughs> uh the anaheim ducks made the montour trade with the buffalo savers in exchange for brandon Gule and a conditional 2019 first round pick brandon guile yep Uh, Flash kick. The pick, (laughs) exactly, the pick, as we said, will be whichever the Blues or Sharks pick falls earlier in the draft. Um, We talked about Montour Goulet as one of their many defensive prospects. Um, Maybe it means Ristolainen's on the way out in Buffalo, but that's not the Ducks' concern. What do you think about this pick? This trade, rather. It's like this pick, hmm. Feels like a Band-Aid on the Titanic to me. (laughs) Yeah,
1: I'm really surprised the Ducks didn't do more than what they did. They talked an awful lot, Friedman did, on their 31 Thoughts podcast about Bob Murray possibly being primed for some real surgery, as he called it, for this team. And maybe he's talking about in the summer, but he really didn't do that I much. You,
0: if I was the owner of that team, I would not let Bob Murray make it to the summer. But
1: Sooner or later, Bob Murray's probably going to be the owner as well. He's just going to have a monopoly on all front <laughs> office. Himself, yeah. yeah,
0: he might. Um, But, yeah, I mean, minor move for them. Well, not minor. They did get a nice pick in return, but nothing major, I don't think. Mm -hmm. Uh, They also traded forward Brandon Givens to the Ottawa Senators in exchange for Patrick Seeloff. We talked about that briefly. It doesn't matter. And (laughs) the big move of the day, the earth-shattering, groundbreaking, other stereotypes... Cliches move of the day. Michael Delzato traded to the St. Louis Blues in exchange for a 2019 sixth round pick. I think I didn't actually see what year the pick was yeah. because TSN hasn't reported it yet. Presumably 2019. We'll talk about that when we get to the Blues later. They got a pick for a body. Good for them. Good for them. The Arizona Coyotes made that Jordan Wheel uh, for Michael Hapu trade. Um, not a big deal. No. Nobody cares. Calgary Flames traded to acquire Oscar Fantenberg from the Los Angeles Kings in exchange for a conditional 2024th 20, 20 round pick. He's a left-handed defensive depth player who's played 47 46 games for the Kings this year. Not a big move. Bigger question is how do you feel about the Flames not making any bigger moves than this?
1: Um, I think they needed to. I don't I think that team looks really good, but is still like a piece Real away or two, mm-hmm. just like something to put them over the top. And the fact that they didn't, and the fact that Vegas did, and San Jose did, yeah. just makes me, I was willing to go into the playoff race thinking Calgary was a favorite of mine to come out of the Pacific, and I don't know if that's the case anymore. They yeah. obviously didn't literally hurt themselves by making any terrible trades, but they hurt themselves by not keeping up with the rest of the contenders in their division.
0: Yeah, I wonder if for them they're okay not being cup contenders this year. Yeah. I don't think anyone saw them leading that division this year. True. And so I wonder if they're all right kind of figuring out whether Dave Riddish as their goalie is a real deal and what James Neal is. Speaking of real deals, um, Speaking of real deals and just kind of letting it percolate. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah, I mean, they were supposedly in on Stone, they were supposedly in on a lot of stuff, and nothing ended up happening, and maybe that's the best thing for them. Maybe the price for Stone was too high. They really loved their top prospects, and maybe they didn't want to give it up, so I can't blame them for that. Uh, The Edmonton Oilers made no moves, because why would they need to? Nobody wants
1: their garbage. Um,
0: The Los Angeles Kings made that Fantenberg trade, got a fourth-round pick for Depth defenseman, pretty pretty good, I'd say. Honestly. Yeah,
1: I'm surprised um, there wasn't more moves out of L.A.
0: If we traded Jordan Schmaltz for a fourth-round pick today, I would have been pretty keen on it. So <laughs> uh, no big deal for them. Sharks, the San Jose Sharks, were big movers uh, relatively. They traded Vincent Praplan to the Florida Panthers in exchange for future considerations. Oh, the boy. The Panthers. All about them future considerations, and they made the new Nyquist acqu- Nyquist acquisition, quest acquisition uh, for twenty nineteen second and a 2023 round pick. More thoughts on Nyquist from their perspective. Do you have any?
1: I. It's another great depth forward. I think somebody that can play all the way up to possibly on your first line if you have injuries or you're just trying to shake up the lineup. I've always thought I've wanted the Blues to get. Gustav Nyquist, at least in the past, when we've been looking at supplemental scoring,
0: we do love Swedes here in Seattle. We Louis. do,
1: and uh, he was great in the Kentucky Derby. So you know you can't great. fault him there.
0: What a what a speedster! What you
1: mean? like you like an athlete that can do two sports.
0: Yep. Do you think his nickname is Horse?
1: Hey, horse face. (laughs) (laughs)
0: What? (laughs) He is having something of a career year this year with 49 points in 62 games. His previous career high for a full season was 54, and he has 16 goals and 33 assists. So it's been a good year for Nyquist. Maybe you're getting the right player at the right time. Really rounds out a top nine there that has, you know, Hurdle and Couture and... Pavelsky uh, Pavelski is on fire this year. And, and underrated. And and underrated. Constantly underrated. So criminally, criminally mm. underrated. Nonstop. Um Kane, Evander Kane and Thornton and Timo Meyers really good there. And now you add um Nyquist to that mix. Mm-hmm. They've got Carlson and Burns the one thing with the Sharks is their goal pinning has been trashed this year.
1: Yeah. I, and
0: you can't I don't think they're I don't think they're a serious contender if Martin Jones is as bad as he's been.
1: i mm-hmm. I'm I'd, still I didn't think they were a contender and then you read all those names to me and I was like, "Oh." Yeah, exactly. Those kind are pump of pumping my own. I was like, "Holy cow." <laughs> that's a that's a formidable team. Something about San Jose. Those California teams maybe not LA so much in the past, but like Anaheim and San Jose, I think especially. I swear they could be, like, 50-2 and right now. And I've, like, paid no attention to San Jose until the playoffs. I I don't know what it is. Maybe it's just because I can't watch their games because half of them are at 9 at night. But it's just, like, I never really consider where they are in the standings or anything. And I'm Mm -hmm. like, holy cow, that lineup's amazing.
0: Yeah, they're a good team, but we'll see if they... Yeah, I
1: mean, they've been a good team lots of times.
0: (laughs) They've choked a lot, and... Martin Jones is real bad this year. Uh, They also acquired forward Jonathan Dolan from the Vancouver Canucks in exchange for Linus Carlson. Um, The Vancouver Canucks made the opposite side of that trade, (laughs) and then they made the aforementioned Eric Goodbranson deal to the Pittsburgh Penguins in exchange for Tanner Pearson. Pearson has two more years left on his deal at $3.75 million. Goodbranson has two more years on his deal left at $4 million It's a weird trade of pieces that haven't been performing, but of the two, I would much rather have Tanner Pearson. Oh, Your thoughts.
1: I'd much rather have Tanner Pearson, and I think that's something, a player that can help out Vancouver. Uh, He's still young, but a little bit older, and I think you can...
0: I think he's 26, maybe. Oh,
1: yeah. I think you can shepherd some of those younger guys up there in Vancouver. But, yeah, Erica Branson, holy crap. People, this was like... I'm telling you, this is like getting rid of Yori Laterra for like one for one. For like a guy you wanted, mm-hmm. people did not like Erica Branson in Vancouver at all. They wanted that dude gone. They wanted him gone before they re-signed him. Then they re-signed him. People freaked out. Mm-hmm. So yeah, an absolutely amazing, great trade for uh, their GM. There, what's his name? Jim Benning, thank you, Jim Benning, Bim <laughs> Jennings, good yeah, job. Yeah, I mean, Bim.
0: you're cleaning up your own mess, but you're not paying to do it. You're just taking on mm. someone else's contract for a player that you'd much rather have.
1: Notice that when we watched that on TV, they said that there was no salary retained. They made like a point of saying that because <laughs> yeah. they because they know. That Erica Branson's making too much, and that Jim
0: Rutherford doing a lot of weird stuff this year.
1: Yeah, and at least they made. I was gonna say at least they made moves. I don't really care either way. But Pittsburgh always makes moves. Uh-huh. When this happened, I was like, of course it's happening because they have that dude can't not make they a always trade.
0: Tinker, but it's not always a good decision.
1: I don't know if it matters when you just have. Malkin and Crosby and all those guys I and Kessel, guess, they, yeah. ju- they can just fuck around <laughs> behind them, Be like, ah, eh, maybe this will help them.
0: Yeah, I mean, I think they'll, they'll trade Phil Kessel this summer to the St. Louis Blues probably, but um, probably. <laughs> just weird yes. I'm Penguins could very much miss the playoffs this yeah. year. I don't think it's likely, I think they'll still have the grit to make it in, and once that team is in, they're yeah. always a threat, but
1: that's the thing, just in for the Penguins and it doesn't matter yeah, but man,
0: I don't know. Um, Vegas Golden Knights, they get Mark Stone, they give up Brandstrom and Lindbergh in a second. Most importantly, they immediately extend Mark Stone to the tune of eight years, $76 million. Even if or even if uh, Eric Brandstrom becomes the next Eric Carlson, you can't be mad about this deal, because that's three or four years from now at at the earliest. Mm-hmm. Um, Mark Stone is a hell of a player that you just got for, you know, 9.5 a season isn't cheap, but Mm. I would have said he's about worth that.
1: He's not, they're not even, Vegas isn't even two years through or two whole seasons through them being an actual team in this league Uh and they already have their cornerstone core guy, like the guy that's the core of their team now for the next eight years, they have him. That's insane to me. I can't believe that.
0: Stone has been roughly 60 point per year player. His last five years, 64 in uh, 2014, 15, 61 the year after that, then 54 in a few less games, 62 last year in just 58 games uh, after injury and 64. So he's even come on more the last two years. He has 62 this year and is going to be at a career Mm. high in a couple of days probably but yeah I mean very much a great player great possession player great defensive forward plays the game all around real well Uh, he's a big guy at 6'4 219 nothing not to like about Mark Stone a guy the Blues could have drafted when they drafted someone else it wasn't pretty (laughs) Uh, they were a few picks off but Stone had Stone was one of those guys that had a A Very unimpressive draft year, and then had an incredible next year in juniors. Mm. Um, and yeah, sixth round, just like a sixth round pick. Yeah, um, who did the Blues take right before him? Find out for me. I have no idea.
1: Um, let's see, he has a coursey, a relative coursey four of over 11%. Now, granted, that might speak to the ineptitude of the Ottawa Senators, Mm -hmm. but that's absolutely outstanding. He's
0: averaged 6.7% on his. Career even when the Senators were better than they currently.
1: Let me are. find St. Louis Blues. Oh, I don't even know who this is.
0: Tell me, and I'll tell you. Sebastian Wanstrom.
1: Stephen Mac Macule Macule M Macaulay? A. Yeah, Macaulay. Macaulay. Oh yeah. I've never even heard that. I've heard of some really obscure names we've drafted just because I remember the draft. I've never heard of this guy. Yeah,
0: I wrote articles about him and I still don't remember who he is. Um, this is a home run for the Vegas Golden Knights. Oh,
1: it's amazing.
0: I mean, it's a grand slam, even if Brandstrom is good. You didn't give up Cody Quest. Mm-hmm. You still got your best prospect. You didn't give up a first-round pick. Which, At all. admittedly, you maybe don't... I mean, I think you probably still have your first-round pick, but... You didn't give up a first-round pick. The more I think about it, the less high I am on this for the um, Senators' side Mm -hmm. because they didn't get a first, and it's it's basically all or nothing on one pick. Mm -hmm. But this team, the Vegas Golden Knights, still have... How many picks do you think they have this year?
1: This year, so uh, that, I remember they loaded up for like later years. So I'm gonna say they have. I'm gonna say they have seven. I don't know if they have one, two, three, four, five, six, seven every round. They but have
0: I'm... nine. Oh. One, two, three in the third. One in the fourth and three in the fifth. So they don't have a sixth or seventh, but they have three in the third and three in the fifth. Next year they have eight. One, their first two in the second. Now I guess they gave up their... It was the twenty nineteen second, so they had ten mm. this morning, Damn. and now they have nine, and they have eight next year, and then the year after they still have their first, and they're only missing their third round pick. This is a team and now. I th- I was doubtful even coming into the year, but this is a team that is now set up for success for a long. Yeah, long, it's ridiculous. Long time. Mark Stone's there. Paul Stone's there. William Carlson's there. They're going to have to extend him, but they should be able to. I mean, they've got cap space, I would think, next year. They don't have a ton of cap space actually with Mark Stone off the books, um, but they've got.
1: But I mean, now that you have Mark Stone there. That's like a guy that can draw people there. I mean, people already kind of want to just see what Vegas is about. Yeah. But now you've got a guy. You can be like, well, if you want to come play where Mark Stone plays, and you want to like try and win a cup, because we're like legit going for it, and people will. They'll attract people there.
0: Yeah, they've got a lot of qu- contracts that I'm a little iffy on. Hmm. Gave a lot of term over the summer, but right now they're firing on all cylinders and good for them.
1: You don't remember the Thomas Tatar trade that much now.
0: You sure don't. Can I would have <laughs> thought they had to have a, a few fewer picks after that debacle, mm. but... Man, good for them! Congratulations. Let's move on to the real division that matters—Central <laughs> Division. There was a hard stop ten minutes ago, and we're just plowing through it. I'm so sorry.
1: Oh, you're fine. I'm so sorry. This is
0: the oh, one that matters. Your starving children are so angry. At <laughs>
1: well, I mean, they're starving due to the fact that I spend all my money on
0: heroin. Yeah, <laughs> as, we <already laughs> as we've established that, and it was ecstasy a few weeks ago. Who knows what it'll drugs be in the are future. tasty. <laughs> uh, the Chicago Blackhawks must be doing drugs because they did nothing at the deadline. Are they buyers? Are they sellers? Who knows? Because they're back in a weirdly speculative playoff position.
1: Don't worry. Summer, are they actually
0: in the playoffs right now? I don't think so. Looking it up. It's right here. They are not. They are. Are they dead last? Uh, in the they Central? are five points back again. They're not a playoff uh, team. Um, no, this summer they'll try and get... They are dead last in the Central.
1: Marcus so. Kruger, or somebody that's not currently a Blackhawk that was they'll, on the team. Oh, no, they'll, they'll get Ryan get Hartman. Panarin.
0: They'll get Ryan Hartman back. There you go. That's the call. That's the answer. Stupid. Uh, <laughs> stupid. Uh, the Colorado Avalanche made that minor move acquiring Derek Broussard in a conditional tilt in 2026 round pick from the Florida Panthers for a third round pick. Honestly... I think this is an alright move for the yeah. Avalanche. Third, maybe a little bit of an overpay right now. but
1: He's going to be their second line center, mm-hmm. which I don't know if that's a good look. But I mean, it's, it's one of those people where he's the player that says, I want to be a second line center, and this team says, we're going to give it to you. But in the grand scheme of the NHL and how hockey works, I don't know if he is a second line center. Yeah.
0: Bedner has been messing with the first line a little bit, which I wouldn't be in favor of, but it's gotten them going in the right direction. Mm-hmm. And so he's maybe gonna get to play with a rant and Orlandis cog. Mm-hmm. And fine. Go for it. Um I don't think you know, anytime you're talking about giving up something less than a second round pick, you're not wagering your future on an addition, you know. Yeah. It's just fine. The Dallas Stars made a couple of moves. <laughs> Oh, poor Dallas Stars. Um, they acquired Ben Lovejoy from the New Jersey Devils in exchange for Connor Carrick in a 2019 third-round pick. When we started this podcast, we discussed some of these teams once, and then you get back around to them, you forget the storylines that are still waiting for you. Uh, it's felt like a weird overpay for Lovejoy. He had a thirty. He's thirty-five year old, he, years old. He is the first New Hampshire native to win a Stanley Cup which he did with, I believe, the Penguins. Mm-hmm. Uh, but Good for him. beyond that, not a lot of highlights to his career. I mean, hey, he's 35, he's still playing in the NHL, he must be doing something right. Mm-hmm. But to give a third-round pick, like if you're asking me, would I rather give up a third-round pick and a young, decent defenseman, even if Carrick's never more than a third-pairing guy, for Vin Lovejoy or a third-round pick for Derek Broussard, I would gladly take Broussard. Yeah. Um, then they traded a 2019 second-round pick and a 2020 third-round pick that could both become first-round picks based on the conditions we already discussed. For Matt Zuccarello, who came in, debuted with the Stars, scored a goal, gathered an assist, and then broke his arm. He broke his arm, blocking a shot. He is out at least four weeks with a broken arm. The The tragedy. Like, I feel bad for the Stars, whom I loathe whom mm. i actively dislike <laughs> i feel terrible for the stars because can you imagine like can you ima- as a fan mm. as just a fan of the dallas stars leaving out how much it sucks for the front office I, like imagine if we gotten kevin hayes today mm. or wayne simmons you were talking about you felt like wayne simmons might be coming here earlier in the day imagine if you got wayne simmons and you're so stoked to oh. see wayne simmons and then he breaks his friggin arm <laughs> i know Oh, I feel bad for stars fans. Obviously, an overpay <laughs> now in but- hindsight. <laughs> it wouldn't have the conditions are weird enough and unlikely enough yeah the one thing about zuccarello is uh, about the second one is you can just decide not to re-sign him Mm -hmm. if it's not worth the first round pick for you so that's one thing but i'll be an
1: asshole why are they what are they loading up for
0: yeah they're not they ain't
1: making the playoffs i don't i mean they could they conceivably could
0: i think are they currently they're currently in a playoff spot are they? they Um, yeah, they're in the first wild card spot, but they're two points ahead of Colorado. That seems like a... And by the way, don't sleep on the Coyotes, man. They're four points back. They're three points back. Mm-hmm. And they're fighting. They're fighting.
1: It just seems like a lot to give up for
0: one guy <laughs> that I'm just going to guess you don't resign. Mm, yeah, that's a pretty safe guess, it feels like. Uh, yeah, I mean, that whole team this season, since Jim White's his contract... At least. Whoa, breaking news. Eric Stahl agrees to a two year contract extension with the Minnesota Wild because why not continue to rot in you know what? Mediocrity.
1: Are they next? Let's just go right to these guys. Let's do it. Because Jesus Christ. <laughs> <laughs> like I, I think this is the I think we can do winners and losers at the end a little bit off the top of our heads, but I think there's like clear losers in this the Minnesota Wild today. Or even just over this trade deadline. Yeah,
0: yeah. Go ahead, and why don't you go ahead and walk yeah. through who...
1: So, earlier before the trade deadline, they acquired Victor Ass from the Carolina Hurricanes in exchange for Nito Rider. <sighs> that didn't work out.
0: Dagger him by taking him back that far. Yeah. Just friggin' dagger That didn't work
1: out. Uh, they acquired defenseman Brad Hunt, former Blues defenseman, and a 2019 6th round pick from the Vegas Golden Knights in exchange for a conditional 2019 fifth-round pick. All right, that's great. They acquire forward Ryan Donato in a 2019 fifth round pick for from the Boston Bruins in exchange for Charlie Coyle. Again, Ryan Donato could prove to be a, a better player, a player that he was like he was in when he was in the NCAA. Mm-hmm. Uh, he scored that goal, the overtime goal against Jake Allen. Woof. Um, but I don't. I still think Charlie Coyle is the better player. I'm assuming the Wild just didn't think they'd be able to resign him next summer. Then they acquire this is the big one today. The Minnesota Wild acquired Kevin Fiala from the Nashville Predators in exchange for Mikel Grandland. Uh, Mikel Grandland who's like come into his own and is now like a what is he at? He's like at a 40 50 point player currently. so like could be like a 60 Grandland? point? Yeah
0: oh no, he's like a 60. Point he's player,
1: 60 right yeah. now or he's 60 point player total, but what's he at right now on the on the, oh, season? On the season? yeah yeah, yeah. He's probably like So like yeah 50. But you're right that was the better the better way to say. He's a 60 point player. And they exchange him for Kevin Fiala, who's an okay winger. Is he a winger? Yeah. yeah, it's, yeah. it's baffling. Like I know they want this to do something.
0: is baffling. Yeah, that's the perfect word for it. I do not understand any part of it. Literally, literally, literally the only player, if you'd ask me about the Minnesota Wild. And said, who do you hang on to if you're mm-hmm. the, the GM? Mikhail Gramlin, Matt Dumba, and Devin Dubnik, depending on how old he is. Everyone else, to me, is mm-hmm. expendable. That team is so mundane and so average top to bottom. And you get rid of your one possibly great player oh. for a somebody prospect. Like, if you've get an, if you gotten Eli Tolvanen, who's like a top prospect in the league... That's still not enough mm-hmm. for, like, an established top six winger with a year left. Like, mm-hmm. he's the, he's not Mark Stone, mm-hmm. but he's the best player on any term that moved. Mm-hmm. And it's just baffling to me. I mean, that was such a good word choice, because I don't understand it. He had 67 points last year. He had 69 points the year before that. And the year before that, he was coached by Mike Yo, so he was irrelevant. (laughs) But after that, literally as soon as Yo left, this guy becomes a superstar.
1: Yeah, he's going to be amazing for Nashville, I really think.
0: He's a little disappointing this year. I mean, what, 49 in 63 games, he's probably on pace for... 60 points yeah. instead of 67 But that's like the whatever. team he's on, yeah. too,
1: is a little disappointing. Yeah. Um, oh,
0: my God. Dude, no part of me understands any part of their Like, thinking.
1: they yeah. need to get rid of older guys, really. and But they can't get rid of them because the contracts are so bad. And
0: because they keep offering them yeah. new contracts. So just to get slide this in here before I forget, two-year deal, AAV of $3.25 million. Now, Saul's been fine for them. Mm-hmm. If he wants to stay there, that's not the deal that's sinking the ship. But... You could have traded that guy today too, or mm. whatever. And
1: uh, I don't know why. If I'm him, I'd stay up there. It's probably because it's hockey. The hockey state. The state of hockey.
0: Pierre Labrune is also reporting, as is Michael Russo, that a deal between the Wild and the Flames fell through today. Mm. That would have sent Jason Zucker to the Flames. Who's the other player you should keep?
1: <laughs> who's the who are playing? Who's playing up that lineup? Who are the guys filling those gaps?
0: I will look it up. I will look that
1: To up. me, and this is a very loose comparison, especially this season, but just bear with me here. This is like when a Blues fan would say, well, I really want to get rid of Steen or Maroon or Bo Meester or you know, guys that are just hard to move because they're either older or their contracts are screwy and too much or you know all of the above. And instead, Armstrong goes, I know what I'll do. I'll get rid of um, David Perron this year. We'll just get rid of him. Mm-hmm. We need to get rid of somebody. People are asking for it. We'll get rid of him because we can't get rid of anybody else. And it's like, no, don't just get rid of people to get rid of them. Address your problems. I don't know what Kevin... Like, that's the other thing. There were, it's stupid to get rid of Michael Granlund. He's younger, but like...
0: How much younger than... I mean, Granlund's about to turn thir- 27.
1: Okay. I think Fiala's like 23. And listen, Fiala's
0: been adequate he's 22 okay so he's a lot younger and he was once a really good prospect but he has 32 points in 64 games this year he shattered his leg against the boards (laughs) against the boys that one time which i'm sorry until they develop into something if somebody has a major major injury like that i'm not just saying well they were a good prospect Mm -hmm. i just i just don't understand this Mm. i do not understand it that's he a... had 48 points last year. I just, I just, I don't get it. I don't get it at all. I do. And
1: Granlin could play center. He was a center for them. Yeah. And then, I don't know if he'll play that so, Nashville. So their
0: lines were Greenway, Eric Stall, and Jason Zucker on the top mm. line. Uh, Zach Parisi, Mikael Granlin when he was there, and Pontius Aberg on the second line. Ryan Donato, Joel Erickson-Eck. Joel Erickson-Eck?
1: Yeah, right. yeah, Eric
0: Sinek, in any case. Luke Koonin on the third line. And Foligno, Eric Fair, and Brown, don't know who, on the fourth line. You've got Sutter and Parise. You can't do anything about those contracts. Mm-hmm. You should still... I mean, here's the thing about those contracts. They're not great, but with the cap continually increasing, they're not crippling anymore. Mm-hmm. Parise has actually been... His, this is one of his best years since being traded this year, so... Just what are you doing?
1: I don't know what direction they're headed. Got, they're going young, but it's not like a Greg good young. Pattern
0: being, And I realize Dumba's still hurt, but they've got Greg Pattern being a second line defenseman, a second pairing defenseman. Just nothing is going right there. That is the ducks and the wild to me. And... Congratulations and the Oilers, and congratulations to Ottawa because you removed yourself from this conversation. (laughs) Those are the three teams that are as badly managed as I can imagine an Mm -hmm. NHL team being right now. (laughs) Just a disaster and rudderless, just totally rudderless. They have no direction.
1: And at least two of those markets should be like just thriving. Yeah,
0: and Anaheim is at least part of LA. You Mm. know.
1: yeah <laughs> that sounds like a tag for anaheim anaheim we <laughs> at least, We're at least, part, least part, of part of la
0: uh yeah so good lord did you get through all of the
1: oh they acquired a 2027th round pick the wild did for the winnipeg jets in exchange for matt hendrix and like
0: Donato's a good player fiala is a good player but I don't think you're building your core with those guys.
1: I don't think they're better than the guys you got rid of. And I know you might be thinking, I can't resign these I don't guys. Don't think the age trade is worth it. Yeah, you're not helping
0: them. Well, yeah, I mean, and here's the thing. I don't know. Like to me, you don't want. They just got players that are NHL ready instead of the most they could get. Yeah, and your team or like the right fit. Yeah, it's ugh, I don't get it. Um, we've lingered on the wild long enough. They aren't, they were next. So, uh, we'll talk about the Zucker deal if there, if there ever become details about what that might've been. Maybe that would have been the big thing that set him over the top, but strange. Sure. Uh, the Predators acquired Grandland and they also acquired Wayne Simmons for Hartman and a conditional fourth round pick. And these guys didn't need any help. Mm -mm. They got two of the four or five biggest pieces moved, and they gave up nothing. Kevin is a decent young player, but really, they gave up nothing. Mm -hmm. They also traded uh, Nicholas Baptiste to the Toronto Maple Leafs in exchange for future considerations. (laughs) That's going to be the title of this episode. Um... Yeah, I mean, great day for the Nashville Panthers. We could talk about winners and losers, but to me, they're the biggest, arguably the biggest winner because they got two huge pieces and gave up pretty much nothing. Mm -hmm. Um, And that's the other weird thing. Like if you're going to make a a questionable trade with Granlin, why make it in the division? I know. Like, maybe you know those guys can't afford to re-sign him in two years, but they could have won the Cup twice by then. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, great day for the Predators. The Winnipeg Jets do a lot of little stuff, a ton of little stuff, and one big move. All of these came through right at the deadline. I don't know, like, physically, I don't know how Kevin day off bended... Bent time and space to his advantage to make all these moves come in right under the wire. Six blackberries. Uh, but he, had, he acquired Alex Broadhurst from the Columbus Blue Jackets in exchange for future consideration.
1: <laughs> that guy's having a hell of a day. <laughs>
0: future considerations. Uh-huh. He's going all over the place. Uh, he, Lieutenant future considerations. <laughs> uh, he acquired Far Lindholm from the N- Toronto, uh, Maple Leafs in exchange for Nick Patam. We talked about that. He acquired Bogdan Koselevich from the Florida Panthers in exchange for a 2021 seventh round pick. He acquired Nathan Bellu from the or however, from the Buffalo Sabers in exchange for a sixth round pick. He acquired Matt Hendricks from the Minnesota Wild in exchange for a 2027th round pick. And then the big move of the day, acquiring Kevin Hayes from the New York Rangers in exchange for forward Brandon Lemieux, 2019 first-round pick and a conditional 2022 fourth-round pick if they win the Cup. This is the only move we need to spend any more time on. Um, Hayes has been compared in a lot of ways to the Stastny deal last year. Some were sort of...
1: What a center. lofty comparison. Yeah,
0: exactly. A similar sort of center who can slot in, win you some face-offs. Actually, he's not that good at face-offs. Um, but <laughs> Can't you a lot win of you face 42 points, 51 games. I liked him. I would have been fine if the uh, Blues had gotten him. He's a good plur, and he's 26 years old from Dorchester, Massachusetts. Thoughts on Kevin Hayes going to the Winnipeg Jets?
1: Uh, just Paul Stasny, 2.0. I do wonder if they... I don't know if they actually re-signed him, though, this time, finally. Yeah. I feel like they've been looking for a second-line center since Paul Stasny left, and they are looking for that before they got Paul Stasny, so might as well pony up, maybe trade a few guys, and actually get your second-line center. Could He's be. 26, too. I mean, that's prime time. Like, get it done. If you want to be competitive, get it done.
0: I agree, and I think they... I mean, they did get better, but mm-hmm. weird ways to get better. his yeah. move is fine, though. Um, And finally... Let's let's get on. Ooh, the big fish. 90 minutes into this massive, wonderful episode, let's get on to the big fish, the St. Louis Blues. Silent day for the Blues, and then right at the deadline, you hear them say, TSN, the St. Louis Blues have acquired. <gasps> your bowels drop out of your stomach. <laughs> your esophagus drops out of your throat. Your jaw drops to your kneecap. And then they say, Michael Delzato and the Anaheim Ducks in exchange for a six-round pick. Now, in a vacuum, whatever. You're giving up a six-round pick. You're getting a depth defenseman. I thought we needed a left-handed defenseman. I was hoping we'd try and get <laughs> one who could play on the first line and not the fifth pairing. Um, but what are you going to do? Delzato is fine. He was once a much better offensive defenseman who's now uh, Chris Butler level or a little better. Uh, he was... On that Pee Wee team with Petrangelo, Tavares, and Stamkos, though, so maybe there's chemistry there. Maybe they're good friends. Maybe that means something to the team. Maybe he'll play on Petrangelo's pairing. Wow. Um, (laughs) uh, But in any case, I mean, it's in a vacuum, it's a fine move. Do you have any thoughts on Delzato specifically? Specifically, no. Okay. Uh, I like his name. With everyone else, I agree. With everyone else, with the Blackhawks getting stronger in the Central Division, are you satisfied with what the Blues did today? Uh,
1: I guess not. But not like I'm not like pissed about it. I just think that they, I don't know. I felt like they were going to make a depth move for forward and not depth like fifth line, sixth Marcus line,
0: Johansson, depth move. Yeah, for like
1: forward. a yeah, like a third line person because I do think sometimes that when Steen's not as reliable or maybe Pat Maroon's not as reliable or you get injured and we're hoping to go to the playoffs and injuries are going bound to happen. You just want someone that can step up. And while we do have some depth forwards in the AHL and roster expands, we can play Kyru and we can play Blay, and guys like that, uh, up into the lineup. I did kind of, I was kind of hoping for maybe a little bit of a veteran guy, you know, not someone that's going to come in and take over the locker room, but I don't even know who that would be anymore. But yeah, we were looking at Marcus Johansson, um, even a a dzingle, just some depth mm-hmm. scoring because it seems like we kind of need it here and there. So I'm a little disappointed we didn't do that. And like I'm sure you'll talk about here, I'm just a little disappointed even more so because other teams that we're hope, I mean, we're hoping to compete for the Stanley Cup. This seems like a team that now that they're on the upswing, we are a little more hopeful about it. I don't know if this is like our year to win, but it's not a first round exit year anymore. I'm hoping. That's the thought process of how well this team's been playing. So with that in mind, you kind of want to give your team a little push. We've said Doug Armstrong has said before that the team determines what he does at the deadline. He doesn't determine what the team does. And so he, I feel like the team probably gave him a strong enough indication that they're trying to push for something a little bit more than you know just a playoff appearance. Mm-hmm. And he didn't really do much with it. And again, two to Tango. Maybe no one was taking whatever Doug Armstrong was fishing out there, but it does feel like we were left a little empty-handed, I suppose.
0: Yeah, I think that's the only thing. It stings a little bit in comparison to what the rest of the division did. You and I were both fine with them standing pat a week ago. Obviously, a month ago, we were talking about throwing everything overboard and starting a whole new team. Mm -hmm. So in the grand scheme of things, you're fine to stay pat. I'm really glad they didn't give up. Uh, Cairo. In a mm-hmm. panic move, I'm very glad. I'm glad as well that Coston and Blay and
1: mm-hmm.
0: whomever are all still here. I mean, listen, you're gonna trade some of those guys sometime. There's just not enough space. Yeah, and you're not in the right spot to try and make those guys your future. But um, I mean, you're just not you're not rebuilding enough to just say, okay, you guys all four start mm-hmm. now, and you're the core. <laughs> Um, I think not the, the way you summer, did with like Backus and, Piranha, yeah. and those guys. But
1: I think the summer is where you'll see. They said that on the deadline coverage, like I guess maybe in the past, <laughs> deadlines were a thing where you were already starting to rebuild your team at the deadline and change your team's makeup, even if you were on the inside or on the outside of the playoffs. But it does seem like now that's where the draft is, uh-huh. um, or even you know at UFA. So I feel like the Blues will see what they have in the playoffs they'll address their needs this summer. And there are needs we've talked about. They probably need a left-hand defenseman that can play top-pairing minutes. Um, I would still think they need depth scoring. And we've also talked about, despite the fact that they've looked really good, exceptionally good, um, the last couple of weeks here, even more than a couple, you know, four, four or five weeks here, I don't know. Maybe you do. You look at your core a la Minnesota not with the same results, but you just go, is this the core... That's going to get us there. Or do we need to start tinkering? And I guess by tinkering, I mean carefully blowing it up. (laughs) Um, Because you just, I don't know. I don't know. I'll say, I won't go too far off the rails here, but if if this team makes it in the second round and bows out real quick, or anything less than that, that 11-game winning streak is really cool. But that's not enough for that second round bow out with no sort of fight or anything less is showing me you got to think that this team was what it was at the beginning of the season mm-hmm. and you need to start figuring stuff out.
0: Yeah. Um,
1: so I'm willing to give them the time to figure that out is what I'm yeah. saying.
0: So why don't we talk about that a little bit, not to dwell on it too much. Cause we'll have plenty of time. Uh, the one thing I will say the Delzado move, probably bad news for Carl Gunnarsson's health. The lack of other moves, probably good news for Braden Shinn and mm-hmm. David Perron's health. And in fact, I think, uh, we sent down Cairo and somebody else Blay, maybe Cairo
1: and Blay and a defenseman Butler.
0: So possibly, I mean, obviously one of those is for Delzato, but Mm -hmm. uh, Rutherford speculated that you're going to see at least one of those guys back real soon. Uh, So that's good. And we can see what this team is when it's fully loaded and headed in the right direction. But the blues have a ton of questions this off season. They need to decide if Baru the coach or if somebody else I is too. coming in. Mm. They have prospects that they need to decide if they're going to clear a spot for them. You know, Cairo needs to be playing in the NHL next year. Mm. So either you got to commit to giving him that playing time, or you got to make value of him where you can. I'd I don't say think yeah. he's he's a point for game player in the AHL right now. I don't think he needs to stay down there. He's I got think nothing left to
1: next year he needs to be playing at least half of his games in the nhl like for it yeah. to be not mismanaged if he plays 40 or more i say okay they're giving him a really good shot mm-hmm. but anything less than that feels like they're yeah, kind of jerking him around closer
0: to 60 but yeah know. yeah yeah um they don't have a first round pick you talked about left-handed defensemen they've still got huge questions at goalie what's bennington gonna mm, cost true can you get rid of allen do you keep allen as bennington's backup do you no, I was going to say do you give Allen a <laughs> shot, no. but no. Um, do you trade Allen for, do you have to give up assets to trade Allen? Do you have to buy out Allen? And if you get rid of Allen, what are you bringing in for? Are you looking for a backup? Or are you trying to demote Bennington to backup? Huge questions there, which will be answered in large part by how Bennington performs the rest of the season and into the playoffs. Uh, Petrangelo is on an expiring deal. Are you extending him? If you're not, you need to trade him this summer. I don't think, I just don't personally think you should keep him around to walk.
1: Does he only have one more year or two? One. Oh, okay.
0: Yeah. Um,
1: oh, God. Oh, man.
0: Yeah. Yeah.
1: It could be dark. This this next full year is just going to be.
0: And then, listen, if you want, I'm all for extending him. I know a lot of people will not be. Mm I'm all for extending him and keeping him here. But if you're doing that, you're starting the clock on trading Pareco. I mean, it's as simple as that mm. because you're not giving them both $10 million a year when it comes time to extend Pareko to be both right-handed defensemen, you know? So, yeah. um, and I'm not saying Petrangelo will get $10 million, but you're crazy if you're thinking he's getting a lot less than that. Mm. I would think eight. It was getting, yeah. By eight is kind of the minimum. Mm-hmm. Um, Forwards. Are you clearing space for your young guys? Are you bringing back Maroon? Probably not. Are you... You've got way too many bottom six guys. Mm -hmm. Shin is expiring after the year. Are you trading him? I think probably you are. I'd say most likely. But we'll see. Lots of questions there. You have Bennington, Fabry, Sanford, Barbashev, Sunquist, and Blay, and Edmondson as restricted free agents. You have Butler, Delzato... For what it's worth, Bellmeister, Gunnarsson, and Maroon, as unrestricted free agents, seventeen point five million in cap space. I would think you can sign all of those restricted free agents, depending on how much Edmondson costs for. You should still have ten million ish mm-hmm. to play with. Um, ten to seven, somewhere in there. Seven to ten million to play with after signing all those guys. <sighs> lots of questions. I think this team is very much in flux, and I think one of the reasons I'm disappointed about this year is you didn't give me any clarity at the deadline, Mm -hmm. and now I've just got to wait. And to me, it's, it's frustrating because it's like, in my heart, I know this isn't a cup team. And, I mean, the playoff run will be a ton of fun, and I'd love them to be a cup team and shock the world and shock me, but... I don't care about another second round exit
1: in the grand scheme
0: of things. like Good for them. It's a lot better than finishing last in the league, but it doesn't matter to me in in the long term. So I just want to know what this team is in the future, and we don't yet. But that's what we're here to discuss for the next months and years and decades and (laughs) millennium. Uh, Any other thoughts on the Blues overall before my eye eye falls out of its head from this allergy that suddenly struck me? Ah. You're allergic
1: to no moves. <laughs> um no, I'm just interested. we I think we saw in a graphic that we have 20 games left. We're in the 20 game stretch here. Uh don't be fooled that that's much Yeah, Well, so well, I mean it sounds like you know, not that many or it sounds like a fair amount of games, 20 whole games, but we're almost in March here pretty soon, and then you only have I think one week or two weeks in April, a week and a half that you play. Mm-hmm. So this is kind of it. This is when you, and we have a weird, I don't know if it's necessarily hard. We have a kind of hard month coming up. So just to see what the Blues do as the road comes to an end.
0: I agree. And it'll be fun. We're going to enjoy it. Uh, We will be back here. I will be back here on Thursday. Ian's leaving us. To go no. die
1: in the desert.
0: Um, he's going out. I'm going to go drama. try peyote. Exactly. Uh, I will either find a guest host or talk into a can myself and respond with funny quips from um, Darren Aronofsky films. <laughs> <laughs>
1: oh, what a hoot those films are. <laughs> it's
0: awesome. It could be, it's just heads or tails. It could be either or. Um. <laughs> we will be i will be back on Thursday at least probably somebody will will be with me and we'll be firing on full cylinders come next week. Welcome if you're new from Twitter we had a lot of new people jump on. We will announce the puck giveaway on Twitter in a few minutes. Uh, and you know like subscribe whatever you do with podcasts it really helps us out if mm. you want to do that. Um, you can follow us on Instagram too. Do we have other stuff to say? I think we're done. There was something else I wanted to say, but it's gone. March 13th, trivia. Thank you, Brain. Uh, We are having the trivia tournament March 13th. Our friend Jeff is hosting it for um, Parkinson's Research Charity. Come be there. (laughs) Sign up. uh, Hit us up on Twitter if you have $20 to spare for charity and a free night on March 13th. to have some fun at Center Ice Brewery and be on our team, let us know. We still have a few spots open. We'd love to see you there. So, without further ado, the Blues have done nothing. Welcome, Michael (laughs) Belzano, to St. Louis. Those were really rude sentences to put back (laughs) to back, but who cares? Uh, You have anything else to say? I do not. Do you have words in Japanese you'd like to say to us? Um, Sayonara. Uh, Oh, well, that was really boring. I don't know what that one means. (laughs) All right, folks, thanks for tuning in. We'll talk to you real soon. Bye. Oh, and enjoy this highlight from the botched opening of our show. Oh, no. <laughs> Bye-bye.
1: What's up, everything? The 2019 trade deadline is coming, and gone, and we have some questions that need answering. It's over. <laughs>
0: <laughs> <laughs> I'm not doing it anymore. <laughs> fair enough, fair enough.